IVs are not comfortable to get. For some people, they are not comfortable to have. However, it is important to understand why an IV saline lock may be recommended to understand your personal individual risks for having a condition that would warrant IV medication and deciding together with your provider what the best situation for you may be. Giving birth is one of the most significant events of your life. Sadly, the joy that you should feel can often be replaced with anxiety and helplessness instead. As a labor and delivery nurse, I'm revealing insider information to educate you, reassure you, and decrease your fear. In this podcast, you'll hear empowering birth stories and experts weigh in on a range of topics. Being Jewish also has me exploring Judaism's influence on the reproductive experience. However, I speak to anyone wishing to navigate their journey with more joy and confidence. I'm your host, Hani Fingerer, and you're listening to the Happy Birthway Podcast. Welcome to episode 63 of the Happy Birthway Podcast. I am so happy to be back. I'm working on some projects that are going to be coming your way soon from Yoledit Academy, so I had to put the podcast on the back burner for just a little bit. Still working hard on them. Stay tuned shortly. There's going to be a workshop coming out that hopefully I will have announced by next week and um, also some other offerings. I wanted to talk a little bit about IV saline locks for this episode. And when I say IV saline locks, I mean just actual the actual IV port that sits in your hand or arm and not IV fluids that are connected to it or any IV medications. So it's just that little port that goes into your vein. This IV port is inserted with a needle, but the needle comes out once the IV port goes in. So there's just like a little straw, like a tiny little plastic straw that remains and it's got the tube connected to it. And if there is any need for IV fluids or for IV pitocin or any IV medications, IV penicillin or other antibiotics, that port is used to infuse all of that. If you have no complications in your pregnancy, no complications during labor, no risk factors, you're well hydrated, there is no need for continuous IV fluids to be infusing. And unfortunately, some hospitals still routinely do that. There are studies regarding the benefits or disadvantages of IV fluids that I can go into another time. But without any other interventions or complications, there's no need for continuous IV infusion. So if you go to the hospital in labor um, and you have no risk factors, you are not receiving any interventions, there's no plan to get an epidural, etc., then you do not need those IV fluids going. Now, in hospital births, the staff is used to having an IV port placed into every single woman. It's viewed as a low risk intervention. It's pretty low invasive. It can hurt and there's always risk for infection um, and for having black and blue marks and such. But otherwise, it's viewed as a pretty low invasive intervention and it gives us access to be able to readily administer any IV infusions that may be needed. 
if you come into the hospital declining an IV port, just the port, not the fluids, not, you know, I'm just talking about the port, then you may face some antagonism from the hospital staff. Not always. In certain hospitals, they have no problem with it. They're cool with it. I worked in one such hospital, you know, provided that there's no other things going on that may complicate your birth. But in some hospitals, everyone just feels safer that way. And I want to explain to you why the staff might get kind of upset and aggravated if you're saying no to an IV port. And that's not telling you why you should and shouldn't get one, but it's just kind of giving you, I think, a realistic picture of the job of an OBGYN or midwife or nurse in the case that you would need IV medications. One of the first things that we think of that can happen to someone who is otherwise having a normal, healthy birth is postpartum hemorrhage because postpartum hemorrhage can happen to anyone. There are definitely risk factors that predispose someone to much higher likelihood of having a postpartum hemorrhage. And I talked about that in a prior episode, but it can happen to anyone. Now, say somebody is healthy, no risk factors, they have an uncomplicated birth, there are no interventions in their birth, and they have their baby and they start to have a hemorrhage. If they had an IV in place already, then, you know, it just takes one second to connect IV pitocin to them, which is the uterotonic that we talked about in the prior episode. Now, um, there are other medications that we can give by shot, including pitocin, and those can be given by shot, but you would still need to have an IV started because in case the hemorrhage is not controlled well enough through the medications that can be given by shot or rectally, which is mesoprostol, um, then, you know, in case that things will progress and that you'll need even more, you'll need a blood transfusion, IV fluids, etc., then uh, IV will still need to be placed. What happens is, is when you're losing a lot of blood, your veins are not as plump anymore, so they collapse. So it may also take longer to be able to find a vein to place. So nursing staff that deals with these things frequently, they kind of start to get a little bit uneasy. They can, they may, because they know how chaotic it can get. If someone has a postpartum hemorrhage, they have a lot of pressure on them to perform and to perform well. And inserting IVs is not always straightforward. It's a learned skill. And um, everyone, even the best of the best nurses, will sometimes have a hard time and have to try multiple times in order to get an IV in. And, you know, when, when you give birth, things can be chaotic. So... I just want you to understand this perspective so that when you say, well, you know, the nursing staff goes crazy if I say no to an IV or the OB staff, this is why, because there is a lot of pressure on them to perform, not just that, but we want all hands on deck, as many people as possible to help out in case of an emergency. And if there are very few medical personnel available because they are working in other patient rooms and taking care of other things, then we have fewer people to help out with the IV insertion and getting everything else on board that's needed in case that there is a postpartum hemorrhage. 
If you have been struggling with nausea and vomiting from your pregnancy, Emetherm might be the answer for you. Emetherm is a safe and effective anti-nausea wristband that prevents and relieves nausea and vomiting induced by pregnancy or motion, such as car and boat rides. It releases a low-frequency pulse that travels through the body's nervous system to the part of the brain which controls the stomach. This interrupts the nausea signal pathways. Emetherm is FDA cleared and designed to put you in control when you need drug-free therapy with no worries about potential side effects. Users can choose from five levels of intensity to achieve the best effect. The unique wristband design holds the device in place and makes it easy to put on and take off. It is FSA and HSA eligible, comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee and a one-year warranty. Go to emeterm.com, that's E-M-E-T-E-R-M.com, and use code HAPPYBIRTHWAY for 20% off of your purchase. You can find the link in the episode show notes. Having a fussy, nonstop crying baby can take all the joy out of motherhood. Is it gas? Is it constipation? Is it colic? It's hard to know, but there is a solution for all of those. Happy Tummy is a waistband that comes with an herbal pouch. When you microwave the pouch and apply the waistband to your fussy baby, your baby is instantly soothed. That's thanks to natural formulation of herbs, including flaxseed, chamomile, lemongrass, peppermint, spearmint, and lavender. Happy Tummy is all natural, no drugs or drops. And not only does it quickly soothe your baby, but it smells terrific. Happy Tummy also has adult-sized waistbands, which mothers love for cramps, stomach aches, and back aches. Use my code HAPPYBIRTHWAY for 10% off your whole order on happytummy.com. That's H-A-P-P-I-T-U-M-M-I.com. Code HAPPYBIRTHWAY for 10% off. Now, that being said, what are other things that an IV would be helpful for. Firstly, usually upon admission to the hospital, there is blood work that is taken. And the most standard blood work that is taken is your blood type and a complete blood count. The reason why we take a small tube to test your blood type is that in the case of an emergency, if you did need a blood transfusion, which someone who's giving birth may be at risk for because you are at risk of losing a lot of blood, then we need to make sure that we have your correct blood type so that we don't give you the wrong blood product. Most hospitals will require that it be tested every single time you come just in order to make sure and verify it. Since a blood transfusion is the equivalent of an organ transplant, And if we transfuse you with a blood type that your body is going to reject, then it can lead to devastating consequences. The second blood sample that's taken to be tested is a complete blood count. And the main things we look at there are your white blood cells, which can indicate if there's an underlying infection going on, your platelets, which are important for blood clotting, and also your hemoglobin and hematocrit. And in the case of a hemorrhage, we'd be able to see if there were changes in those hemoglobin and hematocrit values. And so when an IV port is inserted, a lot of times it's possible to draw those tubes of blood. And if there are any other um, labs that your provider may want, right off of that one insertion. So that IV port gets inserted and the labs are taken all in that one needle insertion. Granted, it is a bigger needle than if you were to be getting just, you know, blood samples taken. But just knowing that, some people are like, oh, okay, well, I have to get poked anyway, so I'll just have the IV port in. 
However, some people will say that if you want a low intervention birth and you're really highly dedicated to it and you know you have a great setup for it, then having the IV in place can actually put you at higher risk of receiving interventions, which I can see that being said, I haven't really looked you know, to see whether there's research on that, but it, it, I mean, it makes sense from a hypothetical point of view. Um, but it can also hurt. So I understand if somebody doesn't want the IV port sitting in their arm because it hurts. And let me tell you something. I declined an IV port with my second and third birth because it hurts. So I can totally empathize with people who it really hurts. Like it, it hurt me the first time that I got it, like so much so that it hurt me just as much as the contractions in a very weird kind of way. So I didn't want to get an epidural with my second one. And I was motivated not to get an epidural because I didn't want an IV port sitting in me. And my midwife was totally cool with that for my specific situation. So again, any decisions that are being made, I just want to remind you, need to be made with your provider's input and it needs to be a conversation and a discussion. I'm here to give you the discussion points if you're considering not having an IV saline lock. I'm going to give you reasons why you may need a saline lock and what questions you can ask your provider if those reasons are not applicable to you and you're thinking that you don't want an IV port a saline lock. Okay, so firstly, IV fluids. And like I said earlier, IV fluids are indicated for many different things. If your hydration status is not good, um, it can show in your urine, it could show in how the baby's being monitored. If your baby's showing different signs of maybe sleepiness or dehydration, or if there are um, dips that your baby is having in the fetal monitoring tracing, where it looks like maybe you need some more fluids in your body to provide more blood flow to your baby, then you may be started on fluids and it's actually used as what we call an intrauterine resuscitation measure, where if a baby is showing signs of distress, sometimes IV fluids can help with that. If someone has groupie strep or has any infection during labor and they need IV antibiotics for that, then they need an IV saline lock. If someone is having an induction or augmentation of labor and is needing IV pitocin, then obviously they need to have a saline lock for that. Now, if you are opting to have an epidural, then you need to have IV access and you will be getting infused with IV fluids at a fast rate. If you want to hear more details about epidurals, I highly recommend you listen to episode 36, which is all about epidurals. Some people will come in saying, I don't want an IV port, but I want an epidural. It doesn't work that way. You have to have IV fluids going in when you receive an epidural. Other conditions that will require you to have an IV are high blood pressure or preeclampsia. There are life-saving medications that you need to get through the IV for that. And even if you have high blood pressure that's well-controlled, that is certainly a high-risk situation that may put you at a much greater likelihood of developing preeclampsia. If someone has diabetes, then their blood sugars are tested frequently throughout labor, and they may need to receive insulin through their IV for that or just even sugar through their IV if their blood sugars get too low. 
KiwiCo crates are a monthly subscription of crates that come filled with age-appropriate STEAM projects for kids, from toddlers to teenagers and even adults. STEAM stands for Science, Technology, Engineering, Art, and Math. Every crate explores a different theme designed to spark creativity, thinking, and learning. All projects, inspiration, and activities are created by a team of product designers in-house and rigorously tested by kids. KiwiCo offers all different product lines spanning a variety of interests and age ranges. Panda Crate is for babies from 0 to 24 months. Each crate helps babies learn by doing what they do best, playing, exploring, and most importantly, interacting with the people in their lives. Crates arrive every other month and are filled with two months' worth of content. So if you are trying to figure out what a developmentally appropriate way to interact with your baby is, Panda Crates will take the guesswork out. For an exclusive 30% off discount on your first month subscription, go to KiwiCo.com, that's K-I-W-I-C-O.com, and enter code LEARN30 at checkout. That's KiwiCo.com, code LEARN30 at checkout. I wanted to let you know about a revolutionary diaper brand called Diaper, D-Y-P-E-R. These eco-friendly diapers are made with viscose from bamboo, so they're soft on your baby's skin while still being extra absorbent to handle your baby's biggest accidents. Diaper wants to pass on the savings directly to you by cutting out the middleman. They ship your diapers to you for a low, predictable price with no extras or gotchas. Set your subscription and let them deliver the exact quantity you need. If you need more, they'll deliver them promptly with their exclusive SOS service. If you need less, send them back with a prepaid label. You can precisely manage your deliveries using their website or their mobile app. One of the products that I think is really cool is their Diaper Sense. It's a small sensor that you attach to your baby's diaper and it continuously monitors the temperature and humidity surrounding their skin. It will help you optimize your diaper changes, reduce overall diaper use, and may help reduce instances of skin rash due to prolonged exposure to moisture. All you do is snap it to the outside of the diaper and connect it to diapers app. It will notify you when number one or number two happens. Subscribe through the link in my show notes and you will get a free bonus diaper bag just for trying them out. You can cancel any time with no obligation, but still keep the bag. IVs are not comfortable to get. For some people, they are not comfortable to have. However, it is important to understand why an IV saline lock may be recommended to understand your personal individual risks for having a condition that would warrant IV medication and deciding together with your provider what the best situation for you may be. I can imagine that there are some people who work in obstetrics that are listening to this right now and are starting to freak out a bit thinking about having a patient that doesn't have an IV saline lock. But at the end of the day, this has to be a decision that you make going in informed and understanding. So yes, sometimes it's uncomfortable for us obstetric healthcare workers to have a patient without an IV because we know and we've seen all the different scary things and we know how if those scary things happen, then it may delay the care that we can provide simply because there's no IV access and we cannot predict how long it might take to get that IV access. But everything is a risk-benefit analysis. And whatever decisions are made have to be made with that consideration. If you have any other feedback for me 
about IVC lean locks, whether you are a healthcare provider or you are somebody who has given birth or is giving birth and wants to know more, then call 203-759-8639, 203-759-8639. Leave me a voicemail about it and I will try to include it in another episode. Thanks for listening and I will see you soon again. Thanks for tuning into the Happy Birthway Podcast. Head over to Yolwedit Academy on Instagram to continue the conversation. You'll find the link in the episode show notes as well as links to any additional resources, products, and services mentioned here. If you love listening to this show, you can help it grow by sharing it with your friends and rating and reviewing it. To stay in the loop when new episodes are released, make sure to subscribe. Remember that your health needs are unique and require individualized medical advice. The podcast is not a replacement, and some of the information may not be appropriate for your specific circumstances. My mission is to educate you so that you can confidently collaborate with your healthcare team. I believe that a healthy mom and healthy baby are simply not enough. We also need a happy mom with an empowering birth experience. 